It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. Dallas Estate Planning and Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen and I, the co-host Don Crawford Jr., the very blessed owner of KAAM Radio, welcome you to another Estate Planning Essentials program, mightily committed to protecting your family, your assets, and you. And I greet our legal expert and co-host with the usual and very deep statement. Hello, Michael. Hi, Don. How you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. I know it's very deep, and that's why you chuckle each time, but I figure, well, we'll make it simple and uh, hopefully warm when we start this program. And uh, today, Michael, I'm not even going to set the table. I'm going to let you talk about uh, what is a rather unique and sensitive topic. You know, the Rolling Stones once said, you don't always get what you want. Right. Okay. All right. So can you, in your will or trust always get what you want. Can it? Can the person who signs the will or trust always put any type of conditions on their will and trust, or is sometimes the conditions void against public policy or unconstitutional and therefore not good? So okay. the reason why I brought this up is I don't know if you all have been reading or anybody's been reading about the Texas 7. Now, this is a, that was a case in which a police officer was killed uh, by these uh, seven prisoners who broke out of prison, uh, and, uh, and, you know, six of them have been executed. The seventh uh, is on trial. The question was whether he had a fair trial or not because of the statements that the judge had made. Was he making fair rulings, et cetera, because of his uh, alleged bias? In other words... He had made comments to uh, different uh, uh, co-workers and uh, friends that were uh, sensitive to uh, race and religion, uh, and he had a, the Dallas Morning News had a copy of his trust. Now, I'm not sure how they even got a copy of his trust, because usually a trust is private, but somehow the Dallas Morning News, whether... Maybe they gave a copy to a bank. I'm not really sure what happened, where they got, how they got the copy of the trust. I don't know. Maybe one of the kids gave it to them. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. But what got me going, and what this show is about, is would the judge's trust stand up as a matter of law or not? Now the reason, because and, and there, of course the defense attorneys on the for the Texas Seven are saying that this is showing the prejudice of the judge and why somebody didn't get a fair trial. Hmm. But that's not what I'm trying to talk about. Whether they got a fair trial or not is not what my discussion was going to be on. Uh, what my discussion is, would his trust that was in the Dallas Morning News, at least the comments, and so what, is, what did his trust say? His trust said, my kids, 
you will only inherit if you marry somebody of the same white race, if you are, uh, if they are of the opposite sex, and they're a Christian. And so you say, okay, let's dissect that and mm-hmm. see what is allowed by law and what's not allowed by law. So now you have the uh, kind of loggerheads of can you always give what you earned in your lifetime the way you want, or are there some restrictions or conditions that will not be uh, upheld due to a violation of public policy or our Constitution? Very good. So I thought that would be the the discussion, Mm because it was, you know, when I read the article in the paper, I said, huh, is that going to be good or not? Because it, um, because the statements, um, uh, there are different things that come to mind. So, mm-hmm. for example, uh, so so again, it's not uh, what whether uh, about the Texas Seven at all. It's just about this question about what you can do in your will or trust. There's always been morality causes, and I guess you could go back, and we've always had different conditions on uh, inheritance. I, I guess we could even say if you go back to the Bible. And you said, um, with God, with Adam and Eve, uh, Adam and Eve, you could eat from any tree in this garden, just not this one particular tree of the freedom of the, about Edom, uh, evil and good and evil or knowledge that the serpent uh, said that um, to go ahead and eat from it. And, of course, as we know, uh, Adam and Eve ate from that uh, that other tree and Man was supposedly have to work for life, and women had uh, the childbirth pains uh, as a result of their failure to do what God wished. Well, so I guess there's always been conditional wills, and if you don't do what they say, then you know there's different things. There's morality clauses all the time, and a lot of those things are okay. Mm-hmm. So I know we had a will where the person said the beneficiary is not to receive an inheritance if they have a tattoo. Is that okay? Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, because it's not a you know, it's not a it's just legislating morality otherwise. And so this is okay. But if you said, um, oh, okay, uh, let's say that uh, you have to rob a bank in order to get your inheritance. Well, obviously, that's an illegal activity, and that would be void against public policy. Right. On the other hand, uh, I, the, I remember there was one case that I read about where the husband uh, did not like the fact that his wife always complained about him smoking cigarettes. So as a condition of receiving the inheritance, he made his wife smoke five cigarettes a day for the rest of her life. The court said that was okay. She fumed. <laughs> well, it's funny you bring those three things up because, as we were talking about before the show, couldn't you very easily, and I'm no attorney, and I don't even play one on the radio, but I could challenge, and I think any attorney would, what does white mean, what does Christian mean, and what does opposite sex mean? Well, you know, that gets into these different things. I mean, race, you put that on. It could be, you're right, it could be a question because, like, sometimes um, – uh, you know, they say Hispanic is is white or whatever, right. and and so that sometimes there is a blend, and sometimes uh, people have, you know, or maybe it said in his actual will, I think mm-hmm. of the same race, and they happen to be white. But 
the uh, opposite sex should, well, I guess there's getting to be um, difference uh, on that, too. And I think, you know, the times they are changing uh, and, you know, we envision that uh, some of the cases that we haven't even will be seeing in the future is can you stop somebody or have a morality clause uh, saying that uh, you cannot marry somebody of the same sex? even though there's equal rights under law for same-sex marriages. And you say that you can only marry somebody that is whatever race you are. Mm -hmm. And those type of things, um, I think there's a little bit of variance in what the courts want to do. I mean, on the one hand, they want you to be able to get, you know, to give whatever you want the way you want. However, it can be challenged as void against public policy uh, because of different rights under either our, as a matter of society, public policy, like I mentioned, or um, our Constitution. So, in other words, there are freedoms of religion, freedom of marriage. Uh, you know, we don't want to promote illegal activity or destruction. So, I think that's the things that we have to. Uh, do now the the reason is that we want to be able to have people to have the freedom to make their own life choices without undue influence uh, exerted through what they call dead hand control uh, as a uh, as a manner as a way to restrict um, the beneficiary from having the life that they would otherwise have. Uh, in other words, you cannot have in your will. You only uh, will get. Uh, your inheritance if you divorce so-and-so. If you have that, that's kind of restriction on what your marital rights might be. And so that would be, be, that person could um, bring up to the court if that is the child of the decedent, the one who died, and say, look, that's against public policy. Mm -hmm. I should inherit. You shouldn't restrict my right to marriage uh, and and they likely will uphold the, not the will, but say that that would be a restriction or void against public policy. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said before, there are, so there's several different types of different things that they uh, would say that you can't do. I mentioned previously, you know, you can't promote a criminal activity. Right. Obviously that wouldn't, that wouldn't be good. Uh, but the things that get more, Another one that's pretty simple is if you promote property destruction. You know, you can only have this property if you destroy the building or something like that. Well, that's a finance that could be considered a financial detriment to society, mm-hmm. and thus it could be uh, considered to be void against public policy. Uh, so that's those type of things are simple. Where it gets more complicated is on the freedom of religion and the freedom of marriage. Because then, um, so I was reading a whole bunch of cases, and it was really interesting because uh, they kind of go all over the board. Uh, and by the way, it's not just uh, that it's automatic. Since the courts won't, don't want to really get involved in your will or your trust, somebody has to complain. Mm-hmm. Somebody, one of the beneficiaries has to complain before they'll even bring it up. And then they have to have this reason, some sort of probable cause or some sort of reason why it violates public policy. 
again, probably the most common things is on the religion or marriage issues that I saw. So I read about an Oregon case where the it said um, uh, you cannot marry daughter, you cannot marry somebody Catholic, and mm. the courts allowed it. They allowed it. So even though there's a freedom of religion, um, there are other choices, <laughs> and so they allowed it uh, in in that case. But there have been other cases where they don't allow it. I mean, they're going to look at to, to the morality. What's the what's important to that person? Um, so if you say you cannot you cannot practice the Catholicism, uh, well, that's a different story mm-hmm. because you're only going to inherit if you do not practice in Catholicism uh, is a, a problem because there's freedom of religion, mm-hmm. and so you you can't always say uh, what you want on that. Uh, on the other hand, uh, they're going to give some more freedom on uh, different choices uh, if if there's either a time frame or if it's um, uh, if there's a if it's not um, a child then the the one who signs the will or trust is more likely to be successful that the that portion of the will or trust would not be voided because um, there's things called partial restraints partial restraints so for example um, there was a case in Illinois where there's a couple different court cases. There's one where the person uh, said, "Okay, you have to marry your the parents of your um, of your uh, you have to marry somebody that's that's uh, it was to the grandchildren. You have to marry somebody that is uh, Jewish." And the on the lower levels. Uh, they said, at the lower court levels, they said, okay, that's void is against matter of public policy. But at the Supreme Court of Illinois said, no, um, because they, it was important, Judaism was important, they were only grandchildren and not children. They weren't really an heir at law. They had less rights. And because the wife, it was a trust, and the, the wife had some rights to make changes to the trust after the husband died. Because of those reasons, it was considered a partial restraint, and the trust was held valid. So, in other words, they could still, these grandchildren got cut out because they happened to marry somebody who wasn't of the faith. And uh, and so it was a matter of law that Illinois Supreme Court allowed that. It makes so, sense. So, it, it does, Michael. But when, it become, when it comes to the Judaism faith, it comes to the Christian faith that um, people want to make certain that their children and grandchildren carry on that faith and carry the torch for various reasons, and it's understandable, but where do you draw the line? Is it just inheriting assets, or is it dictating the kind of lifestyle someone has to live and lead in order to receive this money? And what if they, they pretend to do that, and as soon as they inherit everything, then they go back to their old ways? Yeah, it's, it, you're, you're right. I mean, there was a case... Uh, where and sometimes the draftsman has to be careful. Careful. Uh, there was a case where it says, "Okay, you have to marry to get the you get X amount if you get married." Mm-hmm. So what this guy, what the the son did is he got, he got two hundred fifty thousand if he married. Mm-hmm. So uh, it said in 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 the will. So he married somebody. He gave fifty thousand dollars <laughs> to the wife. He says, "Okay, this I'm going to give you fifty thousand dollars if you marry me." 
So he got 250. They got divorced. Then he got married again. I don't know how many times. And they get 250,000 each time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're going to need that money to pay for the divorces maybe. So I don't know. (laughs) Oh, that's, that is too funny. Well, I guess there's, yeah, you see stories about these things about only if you marry within a certain period of time Mm -hmm. that you get an inheritance and there's like movies like that. So yeah, there's, Mm -hmm. It's 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 kind of funny that they're, these are based on actual cases. Right. If you have a will where there are some of these preconditions in them, a trust, or maybe you're the beneficiary of uh, someone else's plan, and it's ambiguous or it's dubious uh, in terms of whether it's even legal or constitutional, um, you should attend Michael's next workshop. You should attend Michael's next workshop if anything in the plan uh, that you're considering is perhaps questionable. And the next workshop, which is online, which is a virtual workshop via Zoom, is Tuesday, August the 3rd at 1 o'clock, where you just go to Michael's website. Uh, you go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com, or dial his office phone number and sign up for it. And you never have to leave your home. You just sit in your bedroom, living room, kitchen, wherever you want to be, office, on August the 3rd at 1 o'clock and participate in this workshop and get to ask a question about your particular circumstances, which Michael will receive and gladly answer and give you some free advice as to what you should do regarding your individual circumstances. Is that about right, Michael? You know, the questions that we had here, that we've been discussing here today, extremely rare. Mm -hmm. Most people want to know, what's a will, what's a trust, what's a power of attorney, what about public benefits, how do I qualify for Medicaid, Mm -hmm. how do I save assets, how do I protect my loved ones if they have creditors or bad marriages or spouses or marrying, or if they're a spendthrift or if they're a drug addict, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be, or how does a power of attorney work and what extra provisions can you have in there, or what about veterans' benefits, or maybe what is the laws that may change my inheritance or what I give to different people. Uh, so, there, and, and, and you know, it, and how do different trusts work? Um, how does a trust work for Medicaid benefits, or how does a trust work for veterans' benefits, mm-hmm. or how does a trust work for avoidance, probate, or whatever? And so, there's different things that people ask about. We never know what people are going to ask. Each workshop is different as a result. Uh, this this question is a very what we've discussed here today has never even come up. Uh, but I just thought it was interesting since I read that article in the Dallas Morning News. But anyway, so if whatever you want to know about estate planning or public benefits, we ask you, what do you want to know? And then over those couple hours of this free estate planning essentials workshop, we answer your questions, and you will learn something from listening to the questions of others that you would not have even imagined. Uh, to go to that free mm-hmm. estate planning essentials workshop, all you have to do is call 214 720 Zero one zero two two one four seven two zero zero one zero two, or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. Now it's by Zoom, but it's real simple. We tell you, we give you instructions. If, even if you've never done Zoom, we make it very, very easy. All you have to click, uh, and that's it. Whether it be on your cell phone or if you have a laptop, we make it very, very simple for you. Uh, right now, we're still doing them virtually, but. Uh, we anticipate we'll be doing them live in person uh, in the future. If you go to that free estate planning essentials workshop, uh, then we also give you one other benefit, and that is that we could um, uh, that we will have a free one-hour vision meeting where I can meet with you one-on-one if you want to talk about things privately. 
or just look at your own situation. It's no obligation again. So you get basically three free hours uh, on legal education about estate planning or Medicaid or whatever it is that you may be wanting to know about uh, and without any obligation. So we just kind of look at your situation. It's free. Again, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102, or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. By the way, uh, since this is kind of a controversial uh, show here today, uh, it should be mentioned that all our radio shows are on podcast, which are also on our website, that DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com. Good, and you can always Google Michael Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, Dallas Attorney, and he'll come up right there on that first page of Google or Bing, whatever your search engine is. You heard Michael talk about the workshops and all the questions people will ask, the issues that will surface during those Zoom workshops, and Michael is always prepared to face the firing squad and answer the questions uh, diligently and uh, with a great deal of confidence. The interesting thing about an attorney when it comes to a matter like this, Michael, is that not only do you pepper the program with what the issues are during the workshops, but I would imagine that vision meeting, which follows the workshop for anybody who attends the workshop, you also pepper them, Machine Gun Mike, with questions, had you thought about, how you thought, do you know? And the job of an attorney is to tell the client whether that's legal or not and whether that's going to hold up in a court of law. Is that wrong? No, that's not wrong at all. I mean, we have to consider lots of different things. You have to consider the goals of the client. A lot of times we have to consider is there tax issues or is there credit issues or is there uh, is there something like public benefits issues or is mm-hmm. there disability or is there somebody a minor or somebody who can't handle funds. You know, there's lots of different things that you have to discuss that a lot of times people just think of the simple things. The yeah. attorney's job, the planner's job is to look at if everything, what would happen, not the way things are right now, but what bad could happen in the right. future. So when we talk about this case, uh, the judge is trust uh, that said, okay, uh, it, you can only marry somebody white, you can only marry somebody of the uh, opposite sex and is Christian, what parts of that would be okay and what would not be okay? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so for example here, it may have been okay based on some of the court cases to say that, I can, you can only marry somebody Christian, especially if you have some either some time and stuff like that. Uh, although there is this restraint on religion and, free, and freedom of marriage, uh, when they when it, but when you combine that with saying that uh, you have to marry somebody white, well, is that a restriction on freedom of religion uh, and freedom of marriage, and also the part about you have to marry a heterosexual? Uh, the uh, that when you combine those different things, I think there's a good chance that that trust of the judge would be voided if the children of or the the children who are the beneficiaries complain about the trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, and so I haven't seen the whole trust though I should say. So if he gave his wife, for example, the right to make changes. Or if there was some sort of time frame, uh, then they then it could have been uh, all uh, perhaps um, more likely to succeed. And of course, it's going to take somebody to complain. And I don't know that any of the kids would even complain uh, about that. But uh, you know, because like I said, the courts don't want to make changes to your will or trust. It's only when the beneficiary complains. 
You know, the beneficiary in this case, let's say, let's say one of his kids wanted to marry somebody that wasn't white, or maybe they wanted to marry uh, somebody of the same sex. Mm-hmm. I think then there had been a case that I saw on same-sex uh, marriage uh, that's been complained about yet, but we know that that's going to, I mean, it doesn't take a crystal ball to see that society, whether you like it or not, and this is not, um, you know, me making a judgment or not, uh, this is just saying we think that there will be a case in the future. Whether it'll be upheld or not is remains to be seen. But now that, let's say, on the same-sex issue, which uh, you may or may not agree with, uh, there will be, because of equal rights, you would think that they would be in the same type of class as, saying, a discrimination against race. Uh, so the we could see that those cases will come at some point in the future. Uh, to me, it's not a question of if, it's just a matter of when. And then you have to say, well, what can, if you wanted to have restrictions, and I'm not telling anybody to have restrictions, it's very rare that anybody asks for those things. But if you did, what can you do? What can you do to reduce the risk that the that you're what you wanted? There's testamentary freedom. That is, can you give whatever you want whenever you want? And, and under the conditions, there's been... You know, like I said, there's been morality questions uh, uh, since the you know beginning of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I may have mentioned earlier in the show, we had somebody that said, okay, you can only inherit if you don't have a tattoo. So you could have morality clauses. It gets to the, be the question is on these things like race and religion and same sex that there uh, gets to be a potential issue for litigation. I don't think anybody uh, that goes without question about if you have to commit a criminal, if you commit a criminal act, that that's against public policy, or if you maybe even the destruction of property and some of these other things. But I think where it comes to race, religion, and, and uh, same-sex type things, that's where you have to be careful in what you say and how you say it, and because uh, they do allow partial restraints, uh, but so you would just try to uh, adjust the planning to say that if that's what you wanted to have more likelihood of success. No doubt. Um, And this is why God made attorneys to make sure that you don't make a mistake um, because they understand the law better than you. You could go online. You can ask people, you know, with all the information that's on the Internet these days, everyone thinks that they're smarter than everybody else now, including the attorneys, and they're not. So don't take that risk. Uh, Let the attorneys do what they do best, especially Michael Cohen, who is on top of this more than anyone you'll ever meet, in my opinion. And the best way to do that is to attend his next workshop. Call 214-720-0102 to sign up, 214-720-0102, or go to Dallas Elder, E-L-D-E-R, lawyer.com, Michael Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, Dallas attorney, for the next Zoom workshop, online virtual workshop, on Tuesday, August the 3rd at 1 o'clock. Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen, we thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. A leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. 
Well, you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on 770-KAAM for six years, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it is done your way and sign up for his next workshop today 